we start today's episode, just to let you know, you can now nominate for the 2025 Northern Power Women Awards. To be in with a chance of celebrating with changemakers, trailblazers and advocates on the 6th of March 2025. Nominate now at wearepower.net. Women podcast for your career and your life, no matter what business you're in. Hello, hello, and welcome to a brand new episode of the Northern Power Women podcast. I am Sam Walker in sweaty Arizona. She is Simone Roche, MBE, our great leader of Northern Power Women in, well, slightly sweaty Liverpool, Simone. You've got a glow on today. It's marvellous to see. I know, a little bit of rain and now a beautiful summer's evening. So, yeah, equally sweaty or or, or glowing in Liverpool town. How was your trip? (laughs) How was your big trip? To New York City. Well, that was my holiday this year. Very exciting. And, uh, yeah, haven't been to New York for, gosh, well, nearly two years now because... Well, we all know why. And um, it was really fantastic to be back. And you know what? As much as I love that city and man alive, I love that city. The best thing about the whole week away with my family, people, people, so many friends I hadn't seen for two years. It was just spectacular and actually we could have kind of been anywhere as much as I love New York just to connect with those people again one of my really good friends Baz who has lived in New York for two uh, two and a half decades now originally from Liverpool as well Scouse boy oh, Baz, we sat and drank Baz, heavily I know him yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know Baz you know Baz of course you do uh, we drank heavily next to the Hudson River it was marvellous reunion of British minds but no it was fantastic thank you really great and do you know one of the most exciting things is apart from reconnecting with old friends there was a woman called Grace who I'd make an, made an entire 12-part podcast series with about new motherhood for Parents Magazine here in the States. We talk virtually every day for four months. Never met. Just on a screen. Never met. And we finally met in person. And it was a bit like being reunited with an old friend, even though we had never met. I walked into the restaurant. She stood up and screamed, you're real. You're a real person. You're not just a face on a screen. And it was it was really exciting to meet her. And it was like reconnecting with an old friend. It was wonderful. I think it's brilliant. And I've had a few face-to-face meetings as well, you know, which is just great. There's nothing. It just puts that spring in your step, you know. I've still only been on one train so far, but, you know, it's been great to go (laughs) out and about and, you know, sort of see people do that. You know, we love the selfies and whatever. And actually, we've got a live event coming up as part of um, our, you know, Be Her to our our partner of the Northern Power Women podcast. So we've got our next Be Heard event. Be Heard, as you know, is all about leveling up the events and media industry. So this is going to be with a wonderful Marnie Millard OBE, who was poorly uh, to join us on the on the launch event a few weeks back. So we've got a bite size 30 minute but we're going to be doing it live over at UA92 so UA92 is the the University Academy over right next to right in the heart of Salford oh, where, wow. yeah where Marnie is chair so we've got the students involved uh, so there's journalism students there's broadcast students we're also going to be streaming on a live so we're going to have the best of both worlds so really excited about getting uh, up close and personal chatting with Marnie so please do get signed up for that and get some of those top t- tips 
groups as well. So yeah, really excited about that. And also just another quick plug for an event later this week, 30th of June, virtual carousel networking supported by BNY Mellon. So we're absolutely packed to the rafters with mentors. So Great. anyone out there that you know that's at the start of their career, you know, first five years or just actually someone who just wants to have a chat with another business person, yeah. please do give us a holler. Sign up, it's free, 30th of June, 12.30 to 1.30 and ask for that help and support because we've all got our capes on and ready to help. Where do people sign up, Simone? Uh, they can find everything via our social media channels, so either via northernpowerfutures.com or via Northern Power Women. Uh, and keep an eye out, it's on our newsletter as well. So please do get in touch and sign up. Fabulous stuff. Marvellous. Now, look, it was interesting meeting somebody I'd only ever met on Zoom. Uh, and I had that little slight nervousness of like, oh, she's only seen me from like the chest up ever. And it was, you know, it, it was a little bit nerve wracking, but in a really lovely, delightful way. But, you know, we've talked a lot, haven't we, about Zoom and sort of the the pressure to to kind of appear and perform on Zoom. And I know there's been a bit of controversy sometimes about people who don't want their cameras on and people who do want their cameras on. And you know what? You might have a lot going on in your life and having that camera on can be massively stressful sometimes. And yet some people can find it quite offensive, can't they? And go, oh, they're not engaging properly. And you think, but my house is a wreck and I haven't had time to have a shower, much like I haven't now, Simone, as you can see. But I think it can be stressful. But I was really interested to hear about KPMG because they're actually making... They're kind of making an event of a no camera day, aren't they? Tell me about yeah, it. Yeah, they've got a whole range of new policies, you know, like you say, you know, people going back into the workplace. But one of the big things that stood out for me um, as they sort of reassess what their practices are is that they are saying Fridays are camera free days so voice only meetings every Friday and it's the whole aim of this is creating a more relaxed transition into the weekend by not requiring staff to appear on camera so you know we're going to do a poll about it as well so check out at North Power Women what do you think of these new camera free day policies do you think they're great do you think it'll make a difference Mm. or actually you don't mind having your camera on I actually love it. And I love being able to snoop into people's backgrounds. You know, I like to be able to. And, and I'm a bit foxed at the moment when I see people put the blurry screen on because I'm like, oh, what are they hiding? What are they? What is behind there? So, yeah, please do check out on our poll. We'll have it on LinkedIn and on Twitter. What do you think of the new camera free day policies? Because we do. We love to engage you in our conversations. And, and it is great. It is. I love seeing sort of organisations small and large that are really being intentional and really thinking through mm-hmm. you know it's not a case of I was always a bit fearful of everything going back to normal you know and I think that I love that it is about I like that relaxed transition into the weekend I think that starts on a Wednesday but that's another <laughs> thing <laughs> I read a really interesting article this week here in the USA about sort of resetting company culture about this time as we're in this kind of, you know, hinterland of, of, of or halfway house of being not quite back at work or whatever the new normal is or whatever those phrases we haven't said for a while. But it's a real time to reset your company culture now as people kind of perhaps move back into the office or decide to stay at home. And there was, there was this one article saying there's three main things that we really need to do when thinking about company culture. One, it makes sense, but avoid toxicity because... A work environment that fosters or even allows or turns a blind eye to things like discrimination or harassment or bullying. I mean, it's clear it makes it really unpleasant place to work. This was so interesting 
big report out for the Society for Human Resource Management called The High Cost of a Toxic Workplace Culture. One in five people here in the States left a job within the last five years because of company culture. One in five. That's wow. extraordinary, isn't it? That's cost of that turnover was an estimated $223 billion. It's not just, oh, let's make it a nice place to work so everyone's happy. It's not to do with that. It's nothing fluffy or unnecessary. Actually, if you want to get hard-nosed about it, this is going to cost your business a lot of money if you allow this toxic atmosphere to foster. I thought that was fascinating. And I think that, you know, as part of the research we did a few weeks ago when we, we discussed around, you know, the uh, what young people think, you know, this is, so it's it, mm. it's interesting with talking about people leaving, but actually this is also going to stop people from joining. This is going to stop people yeah. from joining. So if you want to be that employer of choice, you can't just tick all those boxes. You can't just say you do all the stuff you've got to walk the walk and so you know mm-hmm. and you've got to have that as best as possible you could have that personal approach to that working environment so everybody feels as though they can take their their whole selves to work so if they're not careful then you're going to end up losing the hard way by spending an awful lot of money on recruitment or just having such a changeover you're not going to get that culture back so listen up take action This is so true because another major thrust of this article was that companies now need to be proactive because culture needs to be developed and it's developed via leadership as we've talked about so, so many times. Guess how many, what percentage of employees, especially younger ones, Simone, do you reckon consider whether the company is generous, whether there's a spirit of generosity before they think of even joining that company? Oh, I think it's high. I think it's 75, 80%. It's it's a bit lower than that, but it's still 60%. And that's right now. So 60% of employees say, actually, before we even go to work for someone, we want to know, are the chief execs of that company really a public embodiment of the culture of that company. So again, you just said they need to walk the walk and not just talk the talk. It's so true. And those CEOs need to be seen in visible, you know, accessible, really transparent ways. As leaders, they really live the values of that company. It was interesting because yesterday, my husband, who works for a massive company, like a multi-billion dollar retail company here in the United States, and he said yesterday there was an entire day and he said it was a bit awkward and it was a bit cringy at times. And I think mainly because he's British and everyone was like, whoa, yeah, America. But he said all the the senior, the, the C-suites and the VPs and everyone in the senior management actually kind of had to take to the stage in inverted commas in this virtual company culture meeting day and talk about why diversity and inclusion was so important to them personally not oh it's important because let's look at the figures but why personally it was important to them and he said to me afterwards why why did they talk about it being important to them personally and I said well exactly the reasons that this article is talking about because it's all very well a company having that sign on the wall isn't it going oh we are an equal opportunities employer but unless you see your leaders around you saying how it impacts them as human beings doesn't mean anything. It's vulnerability. You've got to, you know, and I think now more than ever, I'm, it's great to hear that. And as much as it yeah. might might be awkward, I think, for some of these. So, You've got to start somewhere. Yeah, you have. And yeah. I, it's great to see it happening. And some of it won't, you know, won't all be right. But it's great to see, you know, those massive organisations. It's it's a brave thing to do, isn't it? It really is. And the reason it was a bit awkward and cringy is because these, these senior managers put 
put themselves on the line. And, and you know, they're used to having these very sort of serious, serious face meetings about, you know, let's talk about projections and sales, blah. But for them to actually talk about why diversity and inclusion was important to them is being vulnerable and is putting yourself on the line. And also a lot of people don't feel, especially within a company culture, that they can bring their real authentic human selves to to the party. And that's a challenge as well. Well, watch this space, actually. You know, we have our power platform. Where, yeah. we, you know, the, always the plan was we take it into the next version. You know, we see how it is. and whatever. So we're, we're kind of taking it into a place around purpose. And we're taking it into a mm. place where we can measure that impact of what organizations are doing. You know, so, so if you are involved in some of these carousel events, if you are volunteering, these organizations, it's not just about having your three CSR days. It's about creating that those opportunities that are personal to your colleagues we've just Mm. you know I think this personal bit is something that it sits within everything sits within leadership sits within opportunities so yeah watch out for the the new iteration over the autumn of the the power platform because that's what we want to create we want to have that visible dashboard and high five those great organizations and small and large that are really enabling their people to be themselves so that's great that's, that's great fantastic. oh i love being ahead of the curve hey absolutely <laughs> uh right should we get some life lessons going on on this here podcast simone roche Absolutely. Talking about being ahead of the curve, uh, Michelle Partington uh, was the first frontline uh, female paramedic in Afghan with the RAF regiment. And this this life lessons is very much in celebration as we, we close out of Pride Month. I've known Michelle for years. She's had her own really, really sort of powerful journey with PTSD. And, and literally is that, that story that just turned her life around. Uh, she did a TEDx uh, White All Women talk for me back in gosh I think it was 2012 I think and I'll share that because you know she went from sort of this really dark place into actually competing in two disciplines at the Invictus Games of which she's now an ambassador she's an inspirational role model uh, she's a resilient woman and she is fearless here's Michelle I'm Michelle Partington and I'm the owner of Mentis Training and Consultancy When have you felt the fear and done it anyway? So I felt the fear when I volunteered to become the first female to go out in Afghanistan on on any operations with the RAF regiment. And I did a tour with them in 2007. The fear was from external sources in Afghanistan, obviously um, being shot or being blown up or, or whatever we would come across. But there was an internal fear of whether I'd be accepted as the first female and the only female within the troop. But I was accepted and basically I, I showed the metal that I could do anything that they could do anyway. And um, we soon blended in as one big family and did the job that we were sent out there to do. Can you tell us who's been a role model for you outside of your family? The role model for me outside of my family has actually been a couple of people and it's not the role models that you would think. And for me, I picked a couple of people that were making so many mistakes and not even doing anything about them, despite the fact that they knew what they were doing, how they were treating people. And um, I didn't look up to them. What I did do was look at how not to do business. And um, people would say a lot of role models are people to look up to, but sometimes it's learning from people that do everything the wrong way. And despite the fact that they know, they still don't do it. People make mistakes, learn from them and move forward and treat people as you would want to be treated. And that for me 
is is my main thing is looking at people who make the mistakes and I learned from that when has a failure turned into a positive for you so failure for me was having to be medically discharged from the um, Royal Air Force following 23 years this is a career I'd always signed up for I always wanted to do it and um, unfortunately I wasn't medically fit to do it so um, I had to leave and I felt a failure for that um, but actually from my downfall and, and it was a downfall I fell flat on my face with the PTSD diagnosis I actually learned that from my experiences I can help others because I didn't put my hand up when I knew I was struggling other people didn't put their hand up when they knew I was struggling and that led to a ripple effect out for, which would follow me for the rest of my life so it's really important that actually and we are going to fail every single one of us are going to fail it's about getting back up there and doing what's good and that's what resilience is all about turn your failure into a positive and for me that's what's happened with my business it's now turned into helping other people from the bad experiences at higher and learning that actually if you do struggle mentally you can still have a fulfilled life with work with family with whatever that is so yes it was a failure initially but it's now my strength what's the one thing that everybody should put on their cv but misses out on for me, I see CVs and people don't boast enough about their achievements. So you see a lot about qualifications and education and, and job roles, but they don't put enough in there about what they've achieved. They put what the role objective is and what, what they were supposed to do, but what they've achieved within that role. But equally, you know, like the commendations or the awards that they've won, put it down because it means so much and you've really worked hard to get that and it stands out. So don't be shy about it. Put it on your CV. What is your top tip for making presentations, whether that's in work or conferences, etc.? My top tip is just be you. Just be you and that's what will win. Know your subject, know what you're delivering and just be you. And the slides should just be a second to, to what the knowledge is that you're sharing, okay? I always, with my presentations, it's always my story anyway and nobody else knows it better than me so it's always different every time I do a presentation or every time I do a talk but it still has a powerful impact because your story matters know your subject don't always refer to the slides look at the individuals learn to read the audience and learn to send your presentation in a way that they are going to reply to and, and think of the fantastic Michelle Partington. I've been lucky enough to meet Michelle a couple of times and she really is ace. And I tell you why she's so ace is because she isn't afraid to share those dark moments. She isn't afraid to stand up and say, do you know what? I might have achieved this later down the line, but starting up, it was really, really tough. And she talks about, you know, when she... It wasn't just about the fear, feeling the fear and doing it anyway. It wasn't just the fear of actually being actually shot, but the fear of being that only woman. And it, when you are other in any sort of space, it's massively challenging to then be really authentic, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. I, and, and never. She's never. She is, I do think she is fearless. But I think the thing I really stood out for me and I thought it was... Um, it, it was different to me was that, you know, we talk about role models a lot, you know, and she talked about the role models that 
are basically have done things the wrong way. You know, mm. she talks about that them being the people that have made her, you know, they're people that make mistakes, learn from them and move forward and treat, you know, so I think that was a really big thing that stood out for me as well. So I thought it Love was that. a really standout, you know, sort of life lessons this week um, and a great one to sort of end or close out Pride Month. Uh, we've also got some great stories on our Instagram feed, which are the five great LGBTQ uh, role models from across the North. So please do check out all of Michelle's story but check out those five LGBTQ stories to celebrate Pride as well Absolutely and as you said you know we're into the final week of Pride Month now and you know I've been a very proud ally of the LGBTQ plus community for well since I was about six uh, my entire life really I've always been surrounded by queer people and and they've just enriched my life in so so many ways I've, I would have had a lot less satisfying and fulfilling and supportive life and community if, if queer people hadn't been part of my lives but you know I think it was really important for Michelle to talk about being authentic and I think it's hard to find your authentic voice especially when you are other in any kind of way but in a week as well where Carl Nassib you know the first ever NFL player National Football League player here in the United States came out is just an extraordinary, extraordinary thing. And for that, you know, to be that first person as well, I applaud Carl so, so much. We know there are clearly many, many LGBTQ plus people within every single sport. And for some reason, well, we kind of know the reasons because of toxic masculinity and the like, but, for you know, there are reasons why many people... Aren't, don't feel able to come out. No one should ever feel pressured to come out, of course. That's really important to say. But I loved, I'm sure you saw the wonderful John Amici, didn't you, oh, Simone, this John. week, talking out about Carl Nassib? Because you know what the first response was like, oh, who cares if someone's gay? Who cares if someone's got a different sexuality? It's 2021. It doesn't matter. Just shut up about it. And as John said, for Carl Nassib to stand up and talk openly about being a gay man playing football in the United States means there are thousands of young queer people across the world who feel a little bit more like they're being seen and I think it's super important I, I thought it was amazing and, really really brave and it's why it's so important to be bold and to be brave and I think a big high five to him 100% oh, 100% before we get into high fives I want to do a little quick baby plug for another podcast I'm really passionate about and involved in which is coming out stories uh, which features the stories of LGBTQ plus people across the world and the different experiences they have so please do listen into that as well coming out stories or share it with someone you know thank you Simone High fives, high fives, lady. Oh, so massive high five to Amanda Newman, my co-pilot last week on the podcast. Uh, she's gone into uh, hospital yesterday for surgery and she bravely, boldly, courageously and intentionally spoke about having breast cancer. It's a recent diagnosis. And I spoke to her before the podcast and, uh, you know, she wanted to use this Northern Power Women platform to share across, you know, our platform, her career mum platform. So massive high five. I've just set up a a Spotify playlist for her called Amanda's Good Vibe. So, and I've opened it as collaborative. So please do add to it. You know, let's all just, there's so many different ways we can support each other. So if there's a tune you want to share, then please do. But big high five to Amanda, sending lots of love. Massive high five. Uh, Sandra um, Richardson, who's stage four cancer. She's just raised £10,000 for Marie Curie last week because put a shout out across Facebook uh, for people to read her poems. And it's 
gone absolutely viral, been on BBC News. And as I say, she's raised £10,000. So sending healing, happy hugs to you and to your wife, Claire. But, you know, massive, again, speaking out and sharing that because it will ease someone else's pain and raise some good funds. And a final high five to Zoe Hingston, one of our futurists who's stepping out of her comfort zone and trying to make a difference. Tell us more, Zoe. Fill us in. Tell us the next steps. But thank you and big high fives to all of those amazing, amazing folks. Thank you so, so much for your high fives as ever. Do get in touch at North Power Women. You can find Northern Power Women on LinkedIn, of course, as well, and at northernpowerwomen.com and Instagram. We're everywhere. We're just everywhere, hopefully, supporting and fulfilling, helping you fulfill your life as well. Right, well, look, we've got some very exciting news about future Northern Power Women podcasts, which we're going to hold back. Maybe we'll, should we maybe say next week, Simone? Let's share that big news next week. Absolutely. If everyone's good, if everyone subscribes and leaves us a review, perhaps. Exactly. Then we'll share. But some really exciting news coming your way about Northern Power Women podcast across the summer as well. Loads more to share. But thank you so, so much for listening. Uh, The next episode is coming your way on Monday, July the 5th. Until then, I'm Sam Walker. She's Simone Roche. And the Northern Power Women podcast is a What Goes On Media production. (laughs) 